Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Greetings and welcome everybody. It's me, Katie Patrick, joined as always by Mr. David Ferriat. Yes. Happy New Year the again. Anyway, just a reminder that if you do want to support the work of this show and any of our other programs that both David and I have as well, consider getting yourself some sweet, sweet swag. Visit freedomproject.com slash store and get yourself a mug or a shirt or a hoodie or hey, be the ultimate fan and get all of them. Again, that is freedomproject.com slash store. <sighs> Cheers. Okay. <laughs> all right, friends, you know what time it is. Don't you? Time to check in with our old friend, although he's younger than both of us? Yeah, yeah. Alex Newman. What do you have for us this week, Alex? Thanks, guys. Great to be with you. Uh, so, yeah, incredible new study just published showing that children are killing themselves in large numbers due to government indoctrination centers posing as educational institutions. Uh, technically, you know, all, all the naysayers say, well, correlation doesn't equal causation. Okay, fine, whatever. Uh, but there is a very strong correlation between going to a government brainwash camp and killing yourself. Yep, and uh, these uh, researchers, this was a study published out of the National Bureau of Economic Research. Uh, they found that, and I'm quoting here, Youth suicides are closely tied with in-person school attendance. Couldn't be more clear than that. And, um, you know, th there had been other studies that had found this. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you about one from uh, 2018 in a moment. Uh, but what was different about this one is they actually looked at the COVID data, right? Because because of COVID, all these schools shut down. All these kids didn't have to go to school anymore. And presto, the suicide rate among youngsters dropped quite dramatically. Uh, one of the things that these researchers found uh, at the National Bureau of Economic Research is that kids stop killing themselves in the summer when they're home from school. And then as soon as school resumes the killing resumes. Um, and and uh, this trend is so clear, right? This, the places where school starts in August, the kids start killing themselves in August. The places where school starts in September, the kids start killing themselves in September. Uh, this paper is called uh, In-Person Schooling and Youth Suicide, Evidence from School Calendars and Span Pandemic School Closures. Uh, what they found is that when the COVID lockdowns were lifted and children could go back to their brainwash camps, there was an increase in youth suicides ranging between 12% and 18%. In other words, children are killing themselves in far larger numbers than COVID ever could have killed the children. Uh, and again, I, I mentioned this is not the first time a study has found this. In 2018, there was a study. This was published by uh, researchers at the University of Vanderbilt in the journal Pediatrics. And uh, they found the same thing. I'm going to quote from their study. They said the lowest frequency of encounters for suicide attempts occurred during summer months. Peaks were highest in fall and spring. October accounted for nearly twice as many encounters as reported in July. Uh, and those uh, encounters, that's when children ended up in the uh, emergency room and in the hospital for suicide attempts. Um, and interestingly, adults are actually most likely 
to kill themselves in the summer. So uh, clearly, it's not something having to do with the summer. Uh, they controlled for all these different variables. And um, it's interesting because, you know, the government says, oh, wow, we have a mental health crisis. Quick, we should do something. And so they do something and they make the problem even worse, right? Uh, in, in some cases, they send in school psychiatrists. I call them quacks uh, masquerading as doctors. Uh, they come in and say, oh, you have a problem? Here, have some happy pills. And if you just happen to read the warning label on these boxes, they actually say, and you can look this up, uh, this medication may cause an increase in suicidal and homicidal ideation. Oh, great. The kid's suicidal, so let's give him pills that might make him more suicidal. Frankly, I find that grotesque. Um, and they also set up this national suicide hotline. In fact, every school ID for children in California, I think from ages like 10 or 12 and up, uh, has a phone number for a national suicide hotline. So you call and you say, hey, I, I feel like killing myself. They say, wait a minute. What gender are you? Here's some of the options. Are you two-spirit? Are you genderqueer? Are you agender, gender non-conforming, third gender, or a gender not listed here? You can't make this stuff up, folks, right? Kid's confused. Kid is distraught. And so let's confuse him more by asking what gender he is or she is, right? Uh, and, of course, this is illegal. This is counterproductive. This is ridiculous. Um, it's anti-Christian. It is uh, absolutely absurd. And again, it's a violation of California law, and yet it continues to happen. Uh, very little attention has been paid to this study so far. Uh, Kerry McDonald, senior fellow at the uh, Foundation for Economic Education, better known as FEE, uh, did a piece on it. Um, she said, fortunately, more and more parents are now refusing to settle for this schooling status quo uh, for a variety of reasons, she says, including the potential role in youth mental crises. Um, true enough, right? She's happy that kids are being homeschooled and going to micro schools and private schools. That's all great. But I, I think the real issue here, you know, the, the researchers who published this study, they said it has to do with stress and depression from school. Okay, but what's the deeper issue, right? Uh, and I think for me, it, it, it's so obvious, right? Uh, you're telling these kids that they came from slime, that there is no God, that there is no meaning to life, right? God is light. God is love. God is hope. God is justice. So when you drive that out of the school and you tell the kid, hey, your life is no more significant than the life of your pet goldfish. There is absolutely no meaning. Just go have as much fun as you can. And if life isn't fun, then just end it. What do we think children are going to do, right? Uh, not all of them, for sure, right? But many of them will end up committing suicide. And uh, heaven help us, folks. This is a crisis. It is beyond evil. And the evidence is in. Government schools kill children in large numbers. And if they're not stopped, they're going to kill our country too. When Damar Hamlin awoke Wednesday night in a Cincinnati hospital ICU, sedated, fighting for his life on a breathing tube, one of the first questions he asked via a writing tablet was, who won the Bills-Bengals game? Doctors told him, you won, Damar, you've won the game of life. Just days after the collapse on live TV of Buffalo Bills player DeMar Hamlin, he remains in critical condition but is showing miraculous signs of improvement after suffering cardiac arrest during a Monday night football game a week ago, January 2nd. I'm David Fiorazzo and this is Christ and Culture. A bigger part of this story is how our great God used a primetime football broadcast to unite millions, bring people to their knees, remind us of our mortality, and show himself strong 
and worthy of praise. The 24-year-old Hamlin did not even have a pulse and was not breathing as he lay on the field uh, being attended to by an efficient medical staff who helped save his life. Now, in such a short amount of time, God has used this story to cause people to acknowledge him. He's also used believers with platforms. For example, Bill's coach, Sean McDermott, is a godly man and responded in a press conference two days later to the news that Hamlin was improving to a surprising degree. He said, all glory to God for keeping DeMar and his family in the palm of his hand and for his healing power. When he was asked about his leadership, which has been given high praise, the six-year head coach said he's leaning on his faith, which grounds him when dealing with this life-altering experience. McDermott also said this, I'm a Christian man to begin with, and I'm not afraid to say that. I know that when you're trying to do good things or great things, that sometimes you come across opposition. Isn't that the story of life? So America is learning more details as well about the young man who, Damar Hamlin, during his days in Pittsburgh just a few years ago, said, my faith is in God, so whatever he has planned for me, that'll be it. Now, this is arguably part of God's sovereign purpose. He is using DeMar Hamlin's life to bring glory to himself and get the attention of a nation that has, for all practical purposes, forgotten God. For true believers who have not forgotten him, Romans 8.28 says this, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, the young Buffalo Bills safety remains hospitalized while showing every day encouraging signs of what some would call miraculous improvement, considering the fact that CPR was administered to him for 10 minutes on the football field after he collapsed. At the hospital, he was on a breathing tube, on a breathing machine. According to reports, his lungs are improving. He is neurologically fine and sound and just as amazing Friday, before the football weekend, his breathing tube was removed. Now, that was a huge necessary step in his, what doctors are calling, remarkable progress to this point. Now, he was talking to loved ones. He FaceTimed with his teammates, telling the players and coaches, love you boys, during Friday's team meeting. What, what a great reminder this all is for all of us, how precious life is. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 has a message to believers in Christ. It says, So then, be careful how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, Kudos also to former NFL quarterback and ESPN analyst Dan Orlovsky, who publicly bowed his head and openly prayed on the air for DeMar the day after the game, the day after the game he was injured. He said, um, Orlovsky said, lots of people say they talk about thoughts and prayers, but he felt compelled to do it. Watch Dan Orlovsky's prayer. Go. God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard. Uh, because we believe that you're God and coming to you and praying to you 
um, has impact. We're, we're sad, we're angry, um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray, truly come to you, and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar, to be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. Um, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up DeMar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. Amen. So the same on the same network that made fun of Tim Tebow, <laughs> they're praying. Now, Orlowski was not punished for praying, which shows God used this event because it's bigger than football. God's receiving glory, even on the woke, leftist, Disney-owned network ESPN. Now, another NFL player, Benjamin Watson, an outspoken pro-life Christian, snuck this in during an interview on CNN, of all places, with Anderson Cooper. Check this out. He said, life can change in the blink of an eye. DeMar's injury has made us all wrestle with this truth. It has served as a reminder of our own mortality. While we pray for him as he fights for his life, we must also ask ourselves, where will we spend eternity? And that's the question for all of us. Franklin Graham also commented, I was encouraged like he was to see many people praying, asking others to pray, recognizing that at a time like this, such a public moment reminding us all of our human frailty, a watching world was reminded that God is there in our time of need. Aside from everything doctors can do, there are times in life when God, who created our bodies, and who gives us life, who keeps our heart beating, is the only one who can help. Graham tweeted this, The Buffalo Bills know who to call out to for help. The team dropped to their knees in a circle of prayer after DeMar Hamlin was taken away via ambulance. They knew that he needed help that only God can give. Today, millions of people continue to pray for him, and I'm one of them. In this fascinating cultural moment in America, sports fans and others have been compelled to pray for Hamlin's recovery. Many have, have not prayed in years. Well, many others are hearing about this young man's character, his compassion, his community work. For example, the GoFundMe page that Damar Hamlin set up last year to help support children in need had an initial goal of $2,500. As of just a day or two ago, it has blasted past $8.5 million. What does this tell you? People's hearts were touched by this story, and many were moved to action. So I hope this will be one of many wake-up calls that we need to God's people this year, and of course, the, the entire sports world. The Bible has a lot to say about not taking life for granted and redeeming the time. Damar Hamlin's story is the latest reminder. Look really quick at James chapter 4, verse 13 and 14, which says, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go to such and such a city and we'll spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. You do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. For you are just like a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Perspective. One day at a time, friends. It should also be said 
before we wrap this up. Thousands upon thousands of hard, violent collisions have taken place in NFL games decade after decade. Some players get right back up, get into the game, while other players end up with concussions or season-ending or career-ending injuries. Sports is just entertainment, and sadly, millions have become desensitized to the violence. Most of these hard contact plays have been much more vicious than the seemingly routine tackle made by DeMar Hamlin in last Monday night's game. So it's astounding something like this hasn't happened before. But as the Lord would allow, Hamlin appears to be on his way to recovery. Now, one of my first thoughts after I saw him collapse, God bless him and heal him, Lord. One of my, I guess the second thought I had was, I wonder if the vaccine had anything to do with the way Hamlin got back up after the play adjusted his face mask, and then all of a sudden collapsed on his back. We may never know, and we must be at peace with that. To suggest, however, as some have, that vaccine injury is not even a possibility, that you're conspiracy theorists and you're a right-wing wacko, that's just a tactic to shut down debate, and that's just as political. So the point here to reiterate, back to the, the main thing, we've changed as a nation regarding religious freedom regarding public de declarations of the Christian faith, prayer, references to the living God, they shouldn't make headlines. They shouldn't be offensive. They shouldn't even be surprising. And yet often it is. But what a blessing it was to see an entire football team and many fans in an NFL stadium bow their heads in prayer. What about over the weekend when other teams across the NFL, the cameras actually were allowed to show the moment where before the game, the teams took a knee and prayed to the one true God. So moments like this are what's good about America. Though sadly rare, we'll see what happens next weekend, how refreshing to be reminded that our humanity can unite us and our nation still turns to prayer in times of crisis. The extent of Hamlin's recovery is unknown. That's future. But at this point, we can conclude this. God saved a young man's life in one of the most public ways possible in order to save countless souls in the process. Let's not waste this gospel opportunity, friends. Let's trust God to encourage us to be a people of faith and courage and prayer committed to reach unbelievers with the truth of Jesus Christ. Our time is short here in more ways than one. And Jesus promised return is drawing ever so near. So what now? Watch and pray. God bless you and keep speaking the truth about things that matter. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, -E EDUCATED. Support this show and a great American company. All right, friends, let's take a little time to find out what's trending left. And we're going to start today with the non-racist, racist message from one particular gentleman who claims it's perfectly fine for black people to not want to be around white people. But the reversal, 
that's 100% racism. Let's take a moment to watch this pretzel maker in action. Black people not wanting to be around white folks has historical precedence. And the only thing it does is hurt your fragile ego. White people, on the other hand, not wanting to be around black people is racist because the only reason that white people don't want to be around black people is because of stereotypes that they invented to make black people seem more dangerous or hypersexualized or simply because they don't like the color of our skin. You see? The pretzel maker in action. He made that pretzel just right for all of you and I to enjoy. You racists out there. Now, next, I want to head into the classroom where a middle school teacher is showing yet another example of how activist educators are indoctrinating your kids in the classroom. This teacher, who goes by Miss Heidi F., not only boasts about being an equity and inclusion advocate, but also seems to be a big fan of creating many advocates out of her students. In one of her latest assignments, she asks that students choose one of the words on the screen, such as visibility, pride, activism, or inclusivity. She has the student identify what the word means to him or her, describe what he or she can do to embody this word for the LGBTQIA plus word soup community, and then draw a picture representing the word. Because that's what education is here in America already in 2023. Well, moving on to the science, you see cis people which is to say the average Joe or Jane, are apparently a bunch of morons when it comes to understanding biological sex. Did you know, did you know that you can magically change your biological sex with just a few hormones here, maybe a little bit there? Now, here's my follow-up question. If you can actually change your biological sex, then what happens when you stop shoving your body full of the dangerous meds? Don't answer that. Just get out your notebooks and prepare to become a medical expert like this person. It's interesting how little cis people actually know about biological sex. Like your chromosomes dictate everything and you'll never be a real boy or a real girl. Do you know how easy it is to completely change your body with hormones? I grew up within my first month of being on testosterone. I started having full-blown boy puberty around month three or four. Trans women can grow exactly like cis women can. Trans women can lactate. Everything you think you know about how bodies are set in stone and can't be changed, you're literally just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how did you not know this beforehand? If, if we didn't have the TikTok out there and these just medical experts out in the field here to tell us that men can become women and women can become men in biology, psh, 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 science, Man, where would we be as a society? Don't answer that. Meanwhile, the Rainbow Mafia is trying to redefine the word queer to mean radical activist, while being gay is apparently just for losers who sit on the sidelines. Yes, the battle continues within the Rainbow Mafia, as one would expect within any mafia. I will no longer call a person queer if I don't see them participating in queer politic. You're gay, sure, you're gay. That is not the same as queer. If you haven't put a mask on in a week, not queer. You're just not queer, you're not. Queer
Queerness is supposed to be radical. It's supposed to be about supporting each other, helping each other, and making sure that we like lift up from the most vulnerable of our community. A lot of you gays are not acting like queers right now. So I'm not going to call you queer. How very queer a thing to say. And now the inroads fighting begins. I'd have popcorn, but uh, I seem to be out of it right now. And I guess I'll have to wait and see what happens in this the mafia that is fighting with itself. Now, finally, we're going to bring this segment to a close by highlighting a woman who says, if you don't want to date someone because, you know, they have brown eyes or, hey, they're vertically challenged like myself, then that's perfectly fine. All right. That, that's okay. But if you don't want to date a man, who thinks he's a woman, then you're a raging bigot and you should be treated as such. Roll clip. Not dating trans people is not a preference. Not dating blondes is a preference. Not dating people who are, I don't know, shorter than five, six is a preference. Not dating people with brown eyes is a preference. Being trans is not a specific characteristic. Thus, you can't label it as a preference. That's just called bigotry. Does she not understand how the, what bigotry is actually and in actual preferences, what that means? Clearly not. You're just a big sizist is what she is. She's not a bigot. I'm going to make her specifically what she is, a sizist. Anyone not dating if you're, you're under 5'6". How dare she say such a thing? But that's going to wrap up this segment. Make sure you send us some of the craziness that you've been seen out there in, in the social media world all you have to do is email media at fpeusa.org to let us know and hey if the clip you send in is featured then i'll give you a special shout out for now just know that we'll have much more craziness next time until then stay sane Well, okay then, everyone. Let's wrap this thing up by heading over to the Golden Arches. Must we? We must. I, I know. As many of you know as well, I've been Mickey D's free since June 2nd, 2007. Wow. Yes, I do remember Good the exact for you. date. Good yes, on I you. Do. For some reason, this next story got me thinking about the future of fast food, and McDonald's seems to be moving full steam ahead. Now, just outside of Fort Worth, Texas, the Big Mac giant has opened their first fully automated restaurant completely run by machines. That's right, friends. Apparently, if, if you want to go inside to order, there is a kiosk right at the front door. No seating inside, though. This is simply for order and go. So while your food will be cooked by real people, you won't have to interact with anybody <laughs> at all because they'll be tucked away in the kitchen. You won't see them. If you use the drive-through, an, an automated arm will actually extend out of a window to deliver your order. It's not a human being. Many believe other fast food restaurants will adopt this kind of technology in the next few years as it becomes increasingly harder to find workers to fill these roles and people are more and then people become more fearful of other human beings and don't want to touch anybody and they oh let me go automated yeah so, I, this good idea. is this is getting insane to me it's getting creepy yeah, right it is it's, I mean, Technology. The Jetsons, right? Okay, the Jetsons talked yeah. about this type yes. of stuff. 
way back in the day and I'm still waiting for the moment when I can wake up and get put on a conveyor belt to get my shower done and get dressed. And that's, <laughs> that's what right. I wanted from the Jetsons. That was my dream. What's your dream? Let us know in the that's comments. That's right. You from are from the Jetsons. I didn't realize you were old enough to okay. remember. I'm just the wise Jetsons. enough. Yeah. I am wise enough to remember wise the beyond Jetsons. your years. But the fact that we have this going on at McDonald's and if McDonald's does it, you know other people are going to follow, especially when we've seen how many videos have we seen of people who work at McDonald's or other fast food establishments getting milkshakes and other things thrown in their faces. So, of course, these companies are going to be all about not having human beings, having to interact mm. with other human beings, because apparently now we can't interact with one another. That's where we're going. Interesting. I like it. I like that because, you know, some people don't want to see anybody. <laughs> Which is funny. We live on this planet of human beings and we're all, no. can't we just get, get along? along? But let me go somewhere where I don't have to interact with any human oh, being. Oh, yes. I will interact with you. Hold on a second. But it, yeah. Well, wait a minute. Get the phone out here. I'm, I'm, I'm interacting now. This is me. Me interacting with other humans by saying all the mean comments. But at least you know that human beings will be cooking your food. Well, yeah. Yeah. maybe that's not such a good thing that you can't see. Them. I don't. I now that know. I say that, it's now that a we little, think about it, and what's they could do anything with your food. I haven't eaten at McDonald's in fifteen years. Same I here. I should have celebrated. Same here for different reasons, right? Yeah. I just so no. This is you do you. I'm not going there anyway. It doesn't affect me. Good. That's all I gotta say. But anyway, hey, 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 we're gonna wrap it up for this week of educated. Our first week back. We've been starting to release some of the uh, individual stories as clips on our Facebook page. And I just want to thank all of you for watching and for commenting and sharing all those with others. Actually, over our Christmas break, we had 2 million views on those clips. So wow. that blew my mind. I think it blew David's mind as well. So thank you so much for helping Astounding. spread the word. As we're in 2023 now, let's full steam ahead and uh, make everyone educated. So. Absolutely. For Katie and myself. Thanks for watching, listening, and of course, supporting the show. Until next week, stay educated, America. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel, hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2023.